nasceu um dia Quando o vento malvolia E o céu mal prolongava Alright Tom, Salasal, they've played four games in the UEFA Nations League and weren't they some brutal games? I mean really the fixtures just piled on the players. They had to play four games in really quick succession. We saw them draw 1-1 against Spain. They did well at home, didn't they? Beat Switzerland 4-0, Czech Republic 2-0, and then uh, that game in Geneva, I was there. They lost 1-0 to Switzerland, and you could just see the fatigue and the rotation that Fernando Santos had to make. Really, really tough. You saw results all over the board, all over Europe. Really unpredictable stuff going on. Because of that exact reason, players were just burnt out and they just wanted to be at the beach. So we've got these games coming up really soon, Tom, in about just over three weeks. Portugal go to Prague to take on Czech Republic. They host Spain in Braga. So I thought what we'll do is uh, we'll do this, as I said, about once a month. We'll just take a quick look through the squad and see what Santos might be thinking. I guess uh, goalkeeper is really straightforward, Tom. Now we've seen Diogo Costa promoted well ahead of time, uh, way earlier than I suspected, but it looks like he's first choice now ahead of uh, Rui Patricio. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. You know, he's been hasn't put a foot wrong for Portugal or a hand wrong. He's been he's been he's looked really good. He's looked he's just looks like the future of Portuguese uh, goalkeeping position. I think no doubt about it. Unless he gets injured, unless somebody else emerges, I think he'll be between the posts for many many years. Yeah, I mentioned that after the under-21 Euros that um, Sergio Conceição should bring him into the first team. Uh, at Porto, he did that. And I also mentioned that he was going to be first-choice Portugal goalkeeper. Just didn't think it happened that early. But uh, he hardly makes any mistakes. It's great to see. Left-back, Tom. Well, it's always about uh, Guerreiro and Mendes. And it uh, looks like, really, Mendes is, is, is becoming first-choice. Yeah, I think so. I've always been, you know, obviously a huge fan of his. I think he's just a better player than uh, than Guerreiro at the moment, especially in the defensive side of the game. Doing very well for PSG, you know, you see quite often popping up uh, on my Twitter line another assist for Mendes, you know, assisting Neymar or assisting Mbappé, you know, also it must be so good for his development, you know, playing alongside, training alongside players of that calibre every day. So, yeah, he, I think, would be first choice left back. Right back, obviously, is uh, all about Joao Cancelo, but um, it's really becoming more clear that Diogo Dalot is uh, is next in line. Of course, bad injuries for Ricardo Pereira, but I haven't seen him. Nelson Semedo, you'd have to say, is probably third choice now. It's really looking like uh, Dalot. He uh, had a good performance for Manchester United. He's um, pretty much first choice right back there. So it's pretty much looking like those two guys, yeah? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Cancelo won Dalo too. I think Fernando Santos likes Dalo. Of course, he gave him some a couple of games in the, in the Euro when he wasn't even first choice at Man United. So, yeah, I think no doubt about it. Cancelo won Dalo too. And uh, central defence, obviously, Ruben Dias was injured for a lot of Portugal's recent games, which saw uh, Danilo and Pep in central defence. We saw Santos call up David Carmo. Didn't get any game time. He even called up Domingos Duarte. Uh, and we also actually saw him call up Inacio, didn't he, in one of the previous squads who also didn't get off the pitch. It looked like Jose Font was being phased out, although he's still going strong in Lille. There was an article on Portugal about him and his training regime. We also got Thiago Jalo. The thing against him is he, he, he plays so much left back, right back, although we have seen Fonseca, the new Lille manager, brought him into central defence for the last couple of games. So keep an eye on him. 
But as we wrote in our article, we did that in March, wasn't it, Tom? Uh, analyzing the central defenders. It's obviously Cardamo, Inacio, and Jalo, uh, a partner for Ruben Diaz. Anything to add there, Tom? A uh, question, of course, keeping our fingers crossed in terms of Pep uh, keeping fit, because, uh, yeah, that, you know, that's. It, I thought it was interesting also in the Nations League games. Uh, Santos used Danilo, didn't he, there, for all four games, I think. He used. Uh, Danilo. And in the World Cup qualifiers, the, the yeah, playoffs yeah. as well. So, you know, I think that tells us all we need to know about his thinking. Yeah, but uh, he's not getting much game time, is he, at PSG? So that's a bit of a a bit of a problem. I mean, I mentioned buried in my report of that sporting game in Porto. I haven't seen, obviously, that much of Inacio. I mean, I've seen a bit of him down to 21s, but not for sporting. But it just seems clear to me that Cardamo is, is a far superior player. I'm not saying Inacio is bad. I'm just saying that Cardamo's better. And I really hope we, you know, Carmel can now, obviously he'll get into the Porto team. He can get a run of games. Let's see what Santos does. I mean, he just keeps favoring that experience in that position, doesn't he? So we'll see what happens. Let's look at, uh, I guess, the more defensive midfield positions. We saw Paulinha pick up injury at the wrong time. Ruben Neves is really a guy that Santos has, has been given a lot more game time to. We even saw William get some starts and, and, and do well. Mateos Nunes is another guy who can play there. João Moutinho, another guy who uh, got some game time. Might have seen the last of Moutinho now, Tom, 35, 146 caps. Still getting some game time for Wolves, but with all those other guys I mentioned. And João Mario, again, uh, another guy maybe you could sort of put in that in that bracket. Uh, might have seen the last of Moutinho. Perhaps, although, you know, it's just an absolute embarrassment of riches in his position, isn't it? Central midfield, defensive midfield, so many choices and so many choices doing really well for their clubs you know Polinia what a start he's had and I remember us watching a few games Matt in the you know down in the Algarve I remember Polinia uh, the game against Ireland was it or uh, they he's just you know he's really come on leaps and bounds and I uh, I think he, it's going to be quite hard not to play him the game against Switzerland here in the Nations League Ruben Neves superb superb really liked it and I know you're somebody who said that he's uh, you know should be playing a lot more for Portugal and he was great I think that game against Switzerland I remember saying I think that was probably the best Portugal had played under uh, Fernando Santos I'd say perhaps with the exception of the Nations League final uh, you know that was a really superb performance everything about it just clicked and that was William Carvalho and Ruben Neves so, yes, yeah, so much choice in this midfield, Matt. I think that's possibly going to be the key to how successful Portugal are in Qatar. Uh, you know, can he find the right combination? Can he pick that right, uh, you know, midfield to really get the best out of the, the amazing attacking potential that Portugal has? Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, that aggression that we've seen from Palinha really was, was what Portugal needed. And I just love, you know, the long passing from Ruben Neves. You know, he can just, he can create an attack out of nothing. You know, defensively, he might give up a little bit, but if you've got someone like Paulinho next to him, I'd love to see those two guys together. Yeah. Uh, but we've seen, haven't we, with Santos, how much he favours uh, the guys that uh, that have done the job for him in the past and how loyal he is. I think the paulinho Neves combo would be good. So we just have to wait and see. And of course, what does he do with uh, with Nunes? Uh, how does he fit him in? Um, so many questions. It's going to be really tough for Santos to, to make a decision there. And if we look at more of those attacking midfield positions, Tom, of course it's about Bruno Fernandes. Bernardo Silva, 
Renato Sanchez, he's moved to PSG now, and uh, he might get some game time. He's obviously going to come into the reckoning. We've got Vitinha made his uh, his first start in that last game in, in Geneva. Otavio, another guy that uh, Santos has, uh, has given some game time to. So this midfield is just stacked. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's too, too many, isn't it? Too many to, to choose when you could pick two or perhaps three midfields, which would you could look at them and they'd all be really, really strong you know, midfield units. One interesting thing, Matt, we saw in the Nations League game, there was quite a lot of rotation because, like you mentioned earlier, it was the end of the season and players were tired. I don't know if it was just because of that or if it was through design, but I don't think we saw at all uh, Bernardo Silva and Bruno Fernandes on the pitch at the same time. And it actually worked quite well. Certainly the two games here, in in Portugal, two games uh, here at the at the Alvalade against Switzerland and the Czech Republic, which I saw, and that was really seemed to Portugal just seemed a lot more of a cohesive unit, a lot more balanced. And it was you know when Bruno Fernandes started, he'd come off, and Bernardo Silva would would come on for him at 60 minutes, and then the next game it was the other way round, and that seemed to work really well. So that's another big decision which Fernando Santos has got. Does he? Does he pick them both, or does he pick just one of them? I think it's been proven that when, when the big games come along, it's going to be both of them, 100%. So then it just becomes a matter of where is the balance, you know? How do you account for Bruno Fernandes having a lot of freedom? I pointed out in, in previous reports, a lot, of, a lot of the good things he does off the ball, a lot of the organisation he does, um, doesn't seem to have that much effect in, in the pressing, which is continually bad under, under Santos, but... You know, we've seen enough from Santos to, to, to know what he's going to do in the big games. You're going to see Bruno, you're going to see Bernardo. And it's just a matter of what he does, the, the pieces he puts around them. Just so many options, we'll have to see what happens there. So up front, it's obviously Cristiano, Joel Felix to Diogo Jota. We've seen again, Santos really likes that Jota-Ronaldo partnership. Felix has had some bad injuries that have sort of kept him out of the squad here and there. It's looking like a mixture of two of those three. And then on the outer, you've got, I guess, uh, Rafael Leao. Gonzalo Gage, Ricardo Horta, he got some game time, scored a goal. And then uh, Rafa Silva, Andre Silva, the sort of usual suspects that could be squad players coming off the bench. Is that how you see that, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I suppose we have to ask, don't we, Matt, the, the Ronaldo situation. I mean, imagine he stays at Manchester United and he stays in this position where he's just getting, you know, drips and drabs a few minutes at the end of games. First of all, what does that do? To Portugal's chances and will Fernando Santos pick him regardless imagine he gets to Qatar and he's got like uh, you know 200 minutes under his belt in the last six months yeah 100% I mean you know the, the transfer window is I guess it's a week away or something from closing so a lot of things could happen between now and then but you could look at it two different ways Tom I mean this reduces the chance of him getting injured Keeps him a bit, bit, a bit fresher. We, we've mentioned the, the, the pile-ups of the fixtures, which is only going to increase with the Champions League, trying to pack all them in. Then you've got the Nations League. Then you've got the World Cup. I think a lot of people out there just do not realise how hard this is on players. I didn't read the comments, obviously, after that game against Switzerland, but I can imagine what it was. And I just think a lot of people just do not see it from the players' point of view and how hard it is. You know, the physical toll it takes on their bodies and just the lack of rest that they've had. So it could work two ways for Ronaldo, but for sure, he's going to still call the shots. He's going to want to start every game. Okay, it's one thing, being rested. You know, being rested and not being overplayed. It's another thing, virtually not playing. (laughs) 
his situation at the moment, basically, he's, he's a substitute at Manchester United, isn't he? You know, I think this is quite a worrying situation for him and for, for Portugal, because without doubt, you know, Ronaldo fit and uh, on form, even at 37 or 38 or whatever age he is, he's, uh, he's Portugal's most reliable goal scorer. So, you know, I think this is a big issue which uh, we're going to, you know, a lot, I think, of what happens in Qatar might might depend exactly on what happens in the next uh, two or three days before the transfer market closes. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? None of the noise surrounding Ronaldo is going to go away. Let's just see what happens, you know. We could be having a completely different discussion in a week if he, uh, if he moves somewhere else. I just wanted to just quickly touch on Rafael Liao. You know, people that have been following me for a long time, would have known what I said after the Under-20 World Cup about him and Jetson Fernandes. Some attitude issues that I spotted there and were concerned about. And look, there's no doubting his talent. I mean, he's gone to AC Milan. He's a key player there, played a huge role in them winning the title. He's got a tremendous amount of ability and potential. There's just no doubt about that. And now the rumours about him making a huge money move to a, a bigger club than AC Milan are probably well-deserved. What I wanted to say is that when you go to games, Tom, as a journalist or inside stadiums, you see a lot more than you do on TV. Even though he's going to be in Portugal's squad for the foreseeable future, I still see some little weird attitude issues going on with him, which disturbs me a little bit. And I just wanted to put that out there just for people to know and to maybe keep an eye on. It's very interesting you say that right now because... Oh, just this weekend, I was uh, reading some comments by uh, Stefano Pioli, his coach at Milan. And he was, I think, I imagine, addressing exactly this idea people have of Leon, these kind of comments, questioning his attitude. And he was talking about body language. He was saying that, uh, you know, Rafael Leon, he sometimes gives out the wrong messages with his body language. Could say it's a kind of style, isn't it, of play? You know, he always seems to kind of carry himself in that kind of lazy looking way. But, you know, what he did last season, and uh, he's also, of course, started pretty well this season. And you see him sometimes, he's so explosive. So, yeah, really interesting character and a really interesting point you you raise. You know, uh, how much of it is a bad attitude how much of it is just his kind of you know style of playing and should he kind of look to to change that just just like his manager i think was kind of suggesting he should try and change his kind of body language just to give off a different you know a different attitude a different vibe body language is one thing but i'll be specific about some of his interactions with other players on the pitch especially far more experienced players and also just his interactions with Santos when Santos is trying to give him instructions. It's bad. You know, he's still a young guy, still plenty of time to, I guess, improve that aspect of, uh, of, of him and his game. So uh, that's about it, Tom. Of course, we've got these two Nations League games coming up. See how we go there. And then the World Cup in uh, starting in late November. Portugal with Ghana, Uruguay and Korea Republic. Tom, thanks for your time. Yeah, okay, cheers Matt, and uh, yeah, look forward to uh, catching up soon.